Live Smackdown Podcast on the Shadows It's Blake Doing the damn thing WWE uh, Smackdown was in Miami last night Cool show Opened up with uh, Shane O'Mac and Kevin Owens uh, Having this spat And pretty much they started off uh, Well they, they set up their matchup for SummerSlam, where Kevin Owens is going to be taking on Shane McMahon, and if Kevin Owens loses, then he'll be uh, he'll be quitting the company. They threw to a video package sometime last year with Kevin Owens uh, taking a curb stomp or taking a stomp from Seth Rollins, and uh, sitting in him sitting in the ring for a while, and then just outwardly saying he quits. Yeah. And then he left. Changed his, uh, changed his Twitter handle. Well, not his handle, but it's a lot of Twitter stuff. <laughs> I think he erased all his stuff for WWE, but then something came up. They needed him back. But as far as the storyline went, it was pretty interesting. Uh, so we, we'll, we, we'll see how that uh, how it continues to develop with them now. I'd like to how uh, these guys have had their match before. It was hell in a cell. They haven't hearkened back to it at all. But it was when uh, Kevin, well, when Shane O'Mac jumped off of the cell and tried to well, yeah, tried to hit KO with the elbow and Sami Zayn saved him. So these guys definitely can throw down in the ring. I mean they definitely had, you know, the, the cell it's a you know you know, used as a, you know, thing to carry them through, through the match. But they did they did they beat the hell out of each other. So it was good stuff and I'm definitely excited for uh, how the match goes. Kevin Owens gives off that feel of uh, the WWE superstar that's actually going to not pull any punches with Shane. And we'll just have to see how that fight goes because we know Shane O'Mac throws the punches in the bunches. And he is no stranger to mixed martial arts. So uh, Kevin Owens is going to have his hands full somewhat in my opinion, but that doesn't really matter. And, uh, yeah, it was a good opening segment to SmackDown Live. Had the Intercontinental Champion up next, came out from backstage, and he was taking on Apollo. So uh, it's good to see Apollo going up against uh, Shinsuke. This guy's a legend, clearly, uh, modern day. And uh, Apollo is definitely one of the up-and-comers that is uh, quickly making a name for himself. So I was I was happy to know that those two were going to go at it. And um, I would like to see a little... Well, I don't want to say I would like to see a little more of it, but they did end up having a really good match, fairly competitive, where uh, Shinsuke did pick up the victory with a key shot to the back of the head. Did the little German suplex, German suplex spot uh, sliding through the ropes. It's an effective use. I'm not really a fan of where they have to hold the ropes and then they get stomped. I really don't like that move. Like, it just... It, it, I don't, you know, I don't critique too, too much, but if I were to, I don't even want to say throw a suggestion in the box, you know, just my opinion with the with moves like that, I'm just not, not a huge fan of, unless it's like done, uh, I don't even want to say correctly, because correctly would be holding on to the ropes and getting stomped, you know, but, uh, you know, it made sense, like maybe they, if you would lay out you know, trio woe style, and then when they go for the stomp, you try to raise up and get out of the way, but you're already too late, so here comes the stomp, but I mean, you know, it's sports entertainment, and it's, uh, you know, it's, you gotta be on point, and the timing gotta be right when it comes to executing the moves, so, you know, 
I, I don't want to say, oh, they need to change that or stop doing it, but I'm not a fan of it. Uh, you could go and try to find a couple of other guys on the on the internet platforms that do their podcast that will totally tell you how much they can't stand that move along with, you know, other segments and, you know, small quirks and nuances in WWE, but I'm not one of those guys, but, uh, yeah, all in all, Shinsuke picking up the victory here, needed that Intercontinental Champion, uh, he was quicker, you could see a little bit more experience, I think that was what the story looked like, that was how the match in some ways was portrayed. Apollo had a little bit of the flashy moves and such like that, but uh, Shinsuke was able to roll out of the way for one of the cool little shooting star, you know, moonsault type deals right from the ground or right from the mat. It was good stuff, though. So, shouts to Shinsuke and shouts to Apollo. We'll see how the rivalry continues. I, I was thinking that we would get an interference from Andrade and then he would be somehow inserted as... A, triple, a third member, or maybe they could fight for a number one contender spot for the Intercontinental Championship, but, uh, you know, I don't know, that's a, it's an old thing, we haven't, we, we've seen WWE uh, rely, not rely on it, but they've gone to that a couple of times in the playbook, but uh, I think they keep that, uh, keep it on ice every so, and bring it out every so often just to keep it fresh, that's just my thought on that, but all in all, it's a good segment. Dolph Ziggler was a guest on Miz TV. No, no, excuse me, not Dolph Ziggler, Shawn Michaels. Ha <laughs> ha. Man, and what a Miz TV segment it was where uh, uh, yeah, Shawn Michaels came out. It was great to see him. They were teasing him on commentary. He said he was practicing, but we luckily got a new day for the opening hour of the show. Big E and Xavier Woods, the tag team champions, shared uh, commentary. So, because uh, uh, Corey Graves was uh, out and apparently, well, not apparently, but uh, unfortunately, uh, Byron Saxton lost his father. So, our condolences go out to, you know, Papa Saxton from over here in the shadows of the WWE Universe. But, uh, yeah, it was real good to have uh, New Day on commentary for an hour. It was great to have uh, Michael Cole on commentary. It's a, you know, nice little toss in. And we had David Otunga, so... It was, you know, I, I I thought it was a good night for commentary personally. You know, we uh, well, I think Michael Cole made reference to Gravy being on uh, being on a movie set, so I think they're shooting something. But we'll see. Uh, either way, um, yeah, Miz uh, brought Shawn Michaels out. Great stuff. Line of the night came from Shawn Michaels. You know. Uh, Ziggy come out berating legends talking down on guys that paved the way of course in storyline and uh, you know Shawn Michaels uh, pretty much uh, tried to tell him about himself called him uh, oh and you know what was it Ziggy told him that it was embarrassing to see him Shawn Michaels said it was embarrassing to do some of it I don't think it was embarrassing at all I think that uh, I think it was good to see all of them in storyline and out of storyline and also well if I were to say anything I would just say, man, I love a good pair of cowboy boots here and there, you know, but it just didn't, it just wasn't the move for, for HBK that night, but he was embarrassed, I wasn't embarrassed for him, especially with, you know, the epic, uh, you know, segment with DX and stuff like that in the club, I know that some people on the internet were more so leaning toward the club going over or whatever, and, you know, you really try to get into some of the dirt sheets, they say Ricochet had a you know, slight uh, infection or illness, so he couldn't get on the show, and that was the segment they had lined up, but it didn't happen, so, 
you know, it had, these things take place sometimes. It's a little unfortunate, but, you know, we'll just you know, go with the flow of it. The show goes on. And, um, yeah, HBK uh, says he was embarrassed, but then uh, he says he's even more embarrassed that Dolph Ziggler, or Dolph Ziggler should be even more embarrassed or something like that, that he's been a second-rate Shawn Michaels for the longest. And I think... That again, that was line of the night. It definitely set the internet ablaze. Even commentary responded to it. Like Mike, like you know, just even I was, I was uh, not shocked that WWE would take it there because they have indeed been uh, getting that much more edgy. And I'm sure we're all thankful for it as we continue to watch these patented McMahon slow burns, uh, you know, reach the point of firework. But um. Yeah, it's uh, it was a good line, and Ziggy couldn't really come back from it. He really couldn't say much. He tried to throw the same line back, like, "Oh man, that old trick, <laughs> and it's not gonna work. That that one's not gonna work." We had a lot of people on the internet for a long time saying that uh, Shawn Michaels, not Shawn Michaels, excuse me, Ziggy has been trying to be a new age Shawn Michaels, and it worked for a little bit, but it isn't working anymore. And uh, the character he's portraying on television isn't really like, you know, the the greatest of character portrayal. And I, you know, just being like a crybaby and such like that. And now he's going to always steal the show and blah, blah, blah. And I mean, it, until they can figure out something new, I think he's doing a great job of what he's been given. I think that's the best I can say about it. So uh, this leads into Miz. Uh, trying to come, uh, come, jumping in and telling him to do something. And we all know Miz is great. He went in on Ziggy real quick, and it was, it was something else. This got Ziggler to get upset, start the fight. Uh, I think he got a little quick, quick, you know, quick spot on Miz, got him out the way. But the big moment was, uh, oh, wait, uh, I think Shawn Michaels broke it up. That's what took place. Shawn Michaels, uh, you know, the situation for the meantime and uh, was going to do this we, when, when uh, Ziggy was walking away he reached out grabbed his shoulder and Ziggy was going to swing on him and uh, that didn't happen because uh, Shawn Michaels was able to duck what else Miz was able to duck who was it, it was, oh no Shawn Michaels was able to duck out the way and Miz took the hit that Ziggler had for uh, HBK good stuff only because it it had a, it had a feel and a reason. So pardon me trying to, uh, gosh, rummage my way through that. But uh, yeah, this ultimately led to a super kick from Dolph Ziggler to Shawn Michaels. Great kick. I mean, after you know, after an opening line of how embarrassing it was, and in Saudi Arabia with their crown jewel show and stuff like that, it was. And, you know, not being able to come back from the second-rate line, you know, that kick totally redeemed Ziggy, that segment. And, I mean, from all the complaints and such like that that everyone had, it was nice to see, uh, you know, a legend, a veteran, putting over a younger talent somewhat, you know. So now Ziggy has some good heat. That's how I feel about it. Ember Moon takes on Charlotte Flair. And I'm so excited to see both of them in the ring. During the match, right before they could really get the ball rolling, 
Bailey's music hits, and it's like, well, she's a SmackDown Women's Champion, so she can do what she wants, I guess. But what? Like, huh? Bailey? Not mad, you know, just what what she got. <coughs> Excuse me. So Charlotte is looking up the ramp, and uh, Ember Moon gets a quick roll-up pin. Whoa for the win, and uh, Ember Moon owns a victory over Charlotte Flair. Match didn't last, but all about a minute, I guess. And um, yeah, she goes out and she somewhat celebrates with with Bailey, and then literally tosses Bailey back in the ring uh, to Charlotte. So they're going at it, and uh, then uh, Ember hits an eclipse on Charlotte, I believe. Whoever, I think she hit. Man, look, whoever she hit that second eclipse on, because we seen that was awesome. I think she hit that one on Bailey. She jumped halfway across the ring but that 20 by 20 ring man that the distance that ember got on that second eclipse godlike it was awesome i really appreciated her getting in there and doing that added a little more edge to the character uh leading into the SummerSlam matchup it uh i would say it has a little bit more intrigue after that maybe but only by a point or two uh, over the Becky and Natalia match that we're gonna get at SummerSlam, but uh, you know there were a lot of uh, potential complaints, a lot of almost whining uh, about a uh, triple threat flare getting in there, and uh, it would have been quite comical. But I think again, Mr. McMahon was trolling the crowd, <laughs> or at least uh, certain aspects of the audience when uh, he. And threw Charlotte out there and threw Bailey in the mix and, you know, had Ember take on, you know, Charlotte. It was, it's funny because it's like, oh, no, Charlotte's going to find a way to get in the match again. But it's not what happened. Afterward, in the backstage interview, Charlotte said she's going to find someone better. Because she needs to be a SummerSlam. It's not right if she isn't. And I can't disagree with that. You know, I'm not mad. I would, of course, I want to see Charlotte. I want to see Charizard get in there and kick some ass. Whoever is going to be. Heard a couple of predictions, but uh, we're just going to leave it to WWE. I don't even want to try to get into, you know, any of the stuff that I've, uh, any of the predictions that I've heard regarding it, only because, you know, I'd like to be surprised come SummerSlam, or at least whenever they do let us know who uh, Charlotte did find to take them on. So uh, we'll see how it goes, and we'll see what happens. But all in all, it was a good uh, segment. And they're saying give the WWE women a chance. Uh, I think the women are doing what they can with the TV time that they're given. I think they do a fairly good job, all things considered. And uh, we know that WWE does listen. Does do They do exactly what they're asked or sometimes told or demanded to do i think that wwe does exactly what they want because it's their company the faster that the fans in the wwe universe can get that through their head then they'll stop being as demanding you know but uh that's just my opinion which does not matter here (laughs) and uh you know it was like i said it was a good women's segment to me all right, Kofi, uh, WWE champion, finally came out and challenged uh, Randy Orton. They apparently had some beef some years ago. 
uh, said Randy held Kofi back, held him down, used a little bit of uh, political uh, backstage know-how to uh, get what he wanted, and he said Kofi wasn't ready, you know, uh, he still doesn't think Kofi's ready, he said he had to throw pancakes and shake his ass, you know, and, you know, act a fool, and I mean... Randy Orton is Randy Orton. He didn't have to do any of that. He just had to go out and be, you know, RKO and AR. You know, this is what got him positioned the way he's been positioned. So it's a good argument, but we know that Kofi's been on a tear recently. I still stand on my argument about, you know, AJ Styles being a phenomenal champion, Kofi Kingston being one of the most positive, positively amazing champions that we have. Know, right now, it's just the way it's been, uh, you know, scripted and booked on the product. So, whoever follows up with this championship run, even Daniel Bryan, pardon me, even Daniel Bryan had a memorable championship run, even though I slightly forgot just because it didn't last that long. But, you know, he changed the championship around, and now we're all still waiting for, you know, what Daniel Bryan is going to come back with next. So, we'll see how Tom, uh, you know, treats all of it. But, uh, Randy Orton totally can be a WWE champion again. You know, I wouldn't discount that RKO coming from out of nowhere and, uh, you know, catching Kofi. I know that, uh, you know, it's gotten so many other opponents and knocked them out. So we're going to see uh, what they're able to do at SummerSlam and how that's going to work out. This leads into a match with Samoa Joe uh, against Kofi Kingston. And, uh, you know... I like Randy, so I think what happened here was uh, a little bit more of the the RKO side of things, you know, the Viper. Uh, Samoa Joe comes out while Randy's still walking to the back, and he's you know going to face Kofi, so they have a quick match, very competitive. They're going back and forth, and out of nowhere, in comes Randy with an RKO on uh, Joe, and I believe he uh, was an RKO on Joe. Is, Trouble in Paradise, there was a lot going on in the moment, so I didn't quite get to see all of that match. But all in all, what really matters here is the fact that Randy and Kofi are going to get to finally settle their differences. They're going to settle their beef at SummerSlam in two weeks. Streaming live, what is it, a week from Sunday at this point. So um, I'm, I'm definitely ready for uh, how that story gets told, ultimately, because... You know, they this they got the story already booked. I believe this was the true birth of the Kofi chant. So maybe WWE can just uh, throw that stuff in there since they've uh, already scratched the surface of uh, their rivalry from back then. This is a good way to continue that story, in my opinion. But we'll just see what happens. Uh, so let's get into the next segment. All right, Finn Balor ain't been seen since The Fiend attacked him on Raw two weeks ago. And uh, he finally came out tonight on SmackDown Live and challenged The Fiend to a match. Up on the Titan Tron Pops, Bray Wyatt, Five Five Funhouse style, with, you know, with his little sweater and his shirt underneath. And it's, uh, it was a cool little, cool, cool promo, you know. He told him that The Fiend accepts, even though they tried to tell him that Finn is all right, but Fiend ain't buying it. Fiend don't like it. And uh, Fiend don't like Finn Balor. So, uh, hey, we'll just see how that goes. I'm not going to even 
try to get into all of the backstage stuff that everybody uh, knows about as far as, uh, you know, what, what Finn is uh, deciding to do in a month or two or however it works. I'm just happy that these guys are finally going to get their match. Uh, and we're going to see these two. We get to see the return of Bray and we get to see Finn. You know, we get to, I guess, let's say positively send him off, you know, for a little while and, you know, hope that he recharges his batteries. You know, so... Um, Oh no, a good segment. I enjoyed it. Good to see Bray doing his thing. Good to see him in character. We're gonna see how Finn fares in a week from Sunday. Or two weeks from Sunday. I don't even know anymore. Fuck yeah, Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns uh, go at it in the main event of the evening with. Uh, Shane O'Mac as the special uh, guest announcer, uh, Elias as the special guest referee, and Drew McIntyre. Oh no, Drew Elias was special guest timekeeper, and Drew McIntyre is a special guest referee. Very cool stuff. Drew looked awesome in the referee shirt, and um, yeah, they had to talk real quick over the before the start of the match. Uh, Roman, yeah, I'm Kevin Owens say if he got to go through all of them, he'll do that and he'll go through Roman too. And Roman wasn't feeling that, so you're gonna go through me. No, you're not. So the guys set up their fight, and you know they getting ready to go at it. But then you know just chaos ensues. Good, good stuff. Good bro. Shane O'Mac took uh, took stunners. Took two of them. Finally did them right. Now, first of all, if there was any form of redemption that needed to be had. Uh, from last week, it was the messed up stunner, missed spot with Shano. But as far as everyone else, and I mean, this doesn't matter as much. I just like to see good sells or moves. And uh, everyone's been taking the stunner differently, but a modern day stunner. And it's like, okay, you know, but it's not that hard to take a kick to the gut and then, you know, they do the rest. So, you know, Shano, in my opinion, that he's had the best sell on it. From last night, you know, like uh, I think we've seen it on the we seen on Ziggy, it was all right, but uh, it's, whatever, it doesn't matter. But it was all in all good, good stuff, and uh, I think that ended off the show with KO and you know Roman getting along by the end of it all, and uh, you know celebrating the ring afterward. All right, from SmackDown Live to 205, we opened up the show with. Umberto Carrillo and Raul Mendoza, NXT's own, taking on the Lucha House Party and Greg Matalik and Kalisto with Lince Dorado standing ringside. Had a good match, fast-paced match. Both these guys definitely, well, all four of these guys went in and they did their thing. I like the little corkscrew type, you know, little spin-in-the-air thing that he does with it, that little flair that Mendoza adds to his flips. Good stuff. It was a good matchup. Uh, and Mendoza and Carrillo pick up the victory. Uh, they've had a little bit more time all outside of WWE to be a team. And uh, the Lucha House Party, though no team to, you know, uh, to frown at, they only have experience in WWE together. So the chemistry was clearly there with Mendoza and uh, uh, Carrillo. So good matchup. And a great way to start the show. But uh, and we had uh, Oni Lorcan taking on a uh, random talent. Ran through him real quick. Last name is 
I forget his first name, last name is Eisner or something like that. But they had a good, a quick match. Only you know, got the half five, picked up the victory. Knew that was it was a good way to have it. Gonna have Drake Maverick taking on Mike Kanellis next week. Drake Maverick. I mean, if Mike Kanellis picks up the victory, then he gets a cruiserweight championship shot against Drew Gulak. So uh, it's a good it's a good little opportunity for Mike Kanellis in the past couple of weeks. Uh, my, I'm thinking that he might go over here so he could get the cruiserweight championship match against Drew Gulak, and then we'll get to see. Uh, you know, the in-ring capability from these two. We'll see how it takes place. Uh, lead it into it, though, next week. And uh, got a Bollywood promo from the Bollywood Boys, Singh Brothers, uh, taking uh, uh, talking about Tazawa and Kendrick. So that was good stuff. Had Tazawa and Kendrick responding after the challenge. They challenged them to a match. Uh, they accepted the challenge, so we're going to get to see some good tag action from them. And... Um, yeah, it was good stuff leading into the main event. And we got uh, Isaiah Swerve. I can't remember his last name, but it was a good good match. Taking on uh, Drew Gulak. And the NXT upstart guy, Swerve character, he's good stuff. He, uh, he, has, uh, he has a good little offense. And he looks like he knows what he's doing in that ring. So I uh, definitely look forward to seeing what he's able to bring in the future. I'm definitely excited to see more of uh, him on NXT television as time progresses. And uh, has a cool little theme song. He has a level of confidence to him. And he took on uh, Drew Gulak, you know. And they, they went at it. Was it Drew Gulak? I believe it was. I believe it was. Yeah, it was. And they had, they had a good match, good back and forth. Uh, Drew picked up the victory. With this cyclone crash, and uh, it was good stuff. All in all, good stuff all around. I, uh, you know, and we were gonna just see. You know, these guys were just setting up and halfway promoting that matchup between Drake Maverick and Mike Kanellis next week. So we're gonna see how that match goes. Uh, I want to say we can't wait for it, but we're gonna have to. So we'll uh, see how it all plays out. So that was 205 Live and SmackDown Live. Uh, cool stuff. Thanks to everybody that uh, decided to listen. Uh, Shouts to everybody that brings you the podcast each and every week. And, uh, yeah, be responsible with your power, guys in the WWE, well, guys and girls in the WWE universe, because you never know, it might just catch yourself, or it might catch uh, your material or your ideas actually being listened to by WWE and seeing it reflect in the product in a good way. So, Uh, With all of that, I will catch you guys next week.